Welcome back to the Making the Madness College Basketball Podcast. Uh, Baylor, they're the Big 12 champions. Illinois, without Io Dosunu, uh, crushed, crushed Michigan. Uh, those are kind of the two big results of kind of a loaded week uh, in college hoops. We also had the Horizon League just being absolutely bonkers. I'd say Tuesday uh, was up there with like one of the most enjoyable days of college basketball we've gotten this year. It's not maybe the most enjoyable. Uh, obviously, you start out with like an afternoon tip time Baylor versus West Virginia game. Uh, certainly the Horizon League adding to the madness and you get a top five matchup that uh, goes exactly the opposite of how you would expect. Uh, Georgia Tech may be back. So, you know, lots to talk about here. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when you talk about Tuesday, I mean, just I, it, it's insane. You know, I was uh, just I, I was outside. I had an errand to run for a few minutes as off my phone. And I see that Wright State and Milwaukee are in overtime. Just like wh- what happened? Because like 10 minutes prior, I'm like, OK, Wright State's going to wrap this one up. And if you look at Milwaukee, uh, their official men's basketball Twitter account, they're just, they were just tweeting a bunch of, uh, like, old takes, exposed tweets, and made a video of it. People saying Wright State won, and then and they showed, like, a time lapse of Milwaukee making buckets and coming back from down 20. It was pretty incredible. Yeah, it, it was an incredible comeback. And, like, the whole horizon was just, like, so fun to watch because uh, I think the best play of it was – Cleveland State against the IPFW, where like they they bring in some guy who's like really tall but never played the entire year, and like he's jumping up and down doing jumping jacks, and the entire team's doing jumping jacks. That that was the video of the year. I think Andy Dikoff was the one who tweeted out, but I I was cracking no, up. No, it, it was Sweeney. It was Sweeney. It was Sweeney. Yeah, I could have sworn it. Well, the one I saw was Kevin's, so maybe they both, they probably both did. Andy's a big video guy. Yeah, he, big video guy. Uh, Andy, Kyle Boone, uh, elite, elite video people. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Yeah, but that, that was, that was my favorite play of the weekend, uh, or uh, the weekday, uh, just that. The whole sequence. Uh, yeah, and then, obviously, Davion Mitchell, he came up clutch. Uh, we're going to start with Baylor here. Uh, they win in overtime. They, you know, defensively, I thought they kind of struggled a little bit uh, throughout the game. Now, a lot of that was just West Virginia has bucket getters. They have Miles McBuckets. They have Sean McBuckets. They have Taz Sherman, who was not missing in the game. So, when you have that three-headed monster going, uh, it's tough to beat West Virginia, but Baylor beat them. And uh, Jared Butler had a huge game. Davion Mitchell uh, came up clutch. He hit the go-ahead basket, then drew kind of the game-sealing charge uh, to put the game on ice. And uh, Matthew Mayer, who has a mullet, afro, whatever. Mullet, yeah. Yeah, a, a shaved... Shaved on the side with the lightning strike mullet. Hey, I respect it. But, 
Baylor. I do have one thing to say about Baylor. They are better than Michigan. I, that might be a hot take to some people, but Baylor is not only better than Michigan, they're significantly better than Michigan. And, you know, we can, we can uh, you know, Michigan fans can argue that. It's true. Uh, you know, it's not really much of a debate at this point. Michigan is not better than Baylor. But, you know, I was impressed by Baylor this whole week, really. They looked like Baylor, not on the defensive end uh, against West Virginia, but West Virginia is just a really good offensive team, which is insane to me because that seems like it's never the case. And nobody expected that to be the case this season. But Sean McNeil and Taz Sherman have both been tremendous. Miles, uh, Miles McBuckets has really developed throughout the year to becoming one of the true elite players in college basketball. And, you know, Jared Butler, he was pretty good in that game, too. Uh, Matthew Meyer, he was fantastic. He, and against Oklahoma State today, he had another big game. I like this Baylor team a lot. And if Meyer keeps playing the way he is off the bench, he becomes, you know, he sets his team to another level still. They're not at Gonzaga level, but just adding another piece that can consistently score off the bench, it just adds another dimension to the team. I think the fascinating thing is, like, all year long, they kind of went with Flo Thamba. They went with uh, John, Jonathan Shamua, Shachua, mm-hmm. uh, JTT, for better reference. Uh, and then, like, late in the game, in this game, and then in the Oklahoma State game we just watched uh, earlier today, uh, they played a lot of minutes with Matthew Mayer playing the five, which I think is very scary if you're going against Baylor because Matthew Mayer, he's... He's very long, 6'9", uh, thin, uh, not not necessarily like your typical shot blocker, but I think Mark Vile can you know, protect the paint, be a low post defender. But Matthew Mayer, he, he's like, he's built like kind of Kevin Durant-like, obviously not even close to as good, but like he's, he's like he's slender, six, yeah. 6'10". Very skinny, uh, just gets buckets. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's a joy to watch him. And him playing the five, I think, just opens up the offense even more because as is, you have three elite shooters on the court at all time with whether it's Mitchell, Butler, Teague, uh, Flagler. Uh, those three can all get buckets. Then you have Matthew Mayer, who's playing a lot of minutes at the five now. Uh, he can get buckets. And then... Like, your only non-shooter is Mark Vidal, but he just does everything else so well that he's, you know, perfect glue guy. So, I really like this Baylor roster, and I think they're playing well together, and I especially like it with Matthew Mayer playing uh, the five. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I like, you know, I uh, Jonathan Shamwachachu, he's a solid player. I think he's better as, like, a 15-minute-per-game guy. Flo Thamba, you know, Love the name. He just doesn't really add much to the formula at all. But Baylor had uh, two bad games coming off a three-week COVID pause, and now they're pretty clearly back. But speaking of the Oklahoma State game, we have to kind of shift our focus here. You know, Cade Cunningham came up a little lame at the end of the game after it looked like he stepped on someone else's foot or he slipped or something like that. Mike Boynton didn't seem to think it was serious, but it was serious enough for him to come off the floor with a minute left in a, in a seven-point game. I mean, they still could have came back, I guess, probably not. But, you know, if Cade Cunningham, maybe he sits out, I think they have one more game, or I think they have a game this weekend. So if, you know, he plays, maybe sits this weekend, it doesn't really matter. 
but, you know, get him rested and healthy for the Big 12 tournament, the NCAA tournament, because Cade Cunningham has to play. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, no, no doubt about that. But, I mean, I think he'll, based on kind of what it looked like, it didn't look all that serious. And uh, I forget, was it Billis who was doing the game? He was like, kind of, I think, felt a little bit better about Cade Cunningham uh, when he was kind of talking because he's like, yeah, you know, sometimes you come down, you twist your ankle or something like that. And it really hurts early on. And then like, you know, an hour later, you know, once once you get like the adrenaline calmed down and everything, you know, figure out it, usually the next day it feels a little bit better. So I think I would tend to think he's probably going to play against West Virginia. Uh, for one, he's, you know, he's wired. I think he's wired to play every single game available. Uh, I don't know if he's, you know, necessarily like LeBron James where, oh, I stubbed my toe. I'm going to sit out. So, uh, yeah, I would tend to think he's going to play against West Virginia, but uh, we'll see, I guess. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be interesting to monitor that. But, you know, Kate is just so good at the game of basketball. It's pretty incredible. I mean, he I think he's one of the best pure talents that's ever played college basketball. I mean, he every time he steps on the floor, he does something incredible, whether it's on the defensive end or if it's a pass. He made a couple step back threes that looked so fluid and easy today. He's such a good player. And, you know, the fact that he held his commitment to Oklahoma State when things look kind of bleak, if they were going to be able to play in the NCAA tournament. And at this point, it seems like they're going to be able to. I doubt the NCAA is going to do anything about their appeal right now. But, you know, the fact that he ended up coming to Oklahoma State is program changing for the Cowboys. And it's awesome to watch for uh, college basketball fans. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, moving on here, uh, Illinois, without Io DeSumnu, uh, <laughs> they go on the road, beat Michigan by 23. The best team in the country. And not 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 either of these two teams. Uh, well, no, no, it, it depends who you ask because I was told on Twitter for like two days that uh, Michigan was the best team in the country. And weird, it got kind of quiet after that Illinois game. I'm not sure why, but you know, Illinois just absolutely curb stomped Michigan. This game wasn't close. I mean. I cannot believe without Iota Sumo that Illinois just destroyed Michigan. I did not expect that. I thought Michigan was going to win by like five or six. I didn't think Michigan was going to cover the spread, but I thought Illinois, uh, you know, I just didn't think they could do it without Io. But, you know, the whole team played together. Kofi was awesome. Trent Frazier did very good. Jacob Grandison was a very good glue guy in the game. You know, there's a lot I like on this Illinois team, and the fact that they can win games – without their best player, shows that when they have their best player, they can win the national championship. Yeah, and I think the key to this game was really, you know, we, we you know, I think we touched on it. It would come down to Kofi Coburn versus Hunter Dickinson, and whoever got the better of that matchup was going to probably win the game. Uh, now we were playing on Io DeSumo being there for the game when we touched this on the podcast, but... Uh, given that, you know, he wasn't still Kofi Coburn, I think outplayed Dickinson. Uh, both of them kind of got in foul trouble, but 
with Michigan, I think the drop-off from Dickinson to uh, whether it's Brandon Johns or Austin Davis, it's it's quite dramatic because they just run everything through Dickinson. Uh, whereas, like, if Coburn, like, if Coburn and Dickinson, neither of them play in the game, which, you know, they didn't play necessarily a time minutes each, uh, Coburn, they both played 22 minutes. So, like, they kind of canceled each other out. I'd say Coburn got the advantage of it, uh, scoring 12 points for six. But, you know, at least, the, you know, Coburn shut down Dickinson. And then, like, from then on, uh, Trent Frazier was awesome. Uh, you know, Andre Curbelo came in, uh, really got to control the offense, and he was outstanding. He was really good in this game. Uh, and then, you know, they kind of just got the rest of the players buying in. Uh, they hit shots when they needed to and uh, really – shut down Michigan offensively. Isaiah Livers struggled. Uh, Franz Wagner, you know, one for nine from the field. If your two, you know, best shooters go uh, combined uh, three, four, 16 from the field, you're probably not going to win many of those games. And that's what they went. So uh, not a good performance for Michigan. Uh, you know, they they've, been really good all season long, but uh, they just, I don't know if I can trust this team to win six games, especially, you know, I'm not sold on Mike Smith and Eli Brooks being a good enough guard tandem to win a national championship. Yeah, I, I like Mike Smith more than I like Eli, Eli Brooks on the offensive end. Uh, but Michigan, you know, they're an interesting team because, like, they're just so... Their offense is good, but if they're not shooting the ball well, I don't feel like they're good enough to make it up on other sides of the floor. Like, if they're struggling shooting from deep, and, and you know, I don't think Dickinson can go get 30. I love Dickinson. I think he's a great player, but I don't think he's the kind of guy that can just take over the game like a guy like Kofi Coburn or Luka Garza. Yeah. I mean, I, I we've seen Dickinson take over games before. It's just this... This was a bad matchup, and I think you can scheme around Dickinson. Like, if you double-team him, don't let him get, you know, I think front him, don't let him get post-touches, uh, he's not going to have as much success, and kind of their off, entire offense runs through Dickinson. So, like, when, you know, in the Minnesota game, too, when they got blown out in that one, I think Dickinson... Got in foul trouble. Yeah, they lost that one by 18. But in that game, Dickinson, he only played 23 minutes, uh, was in foul trouble uh, throughout the game, and only had nine points. You know, when Dickinson struggles, Michigan tends to struggle. Now, they they can still win games when he does struggle, but, you know, the trend that we've seen when Michigan doesn't necessarily play well. It's usually because uh, they don't get a great performance from Dickinson. Yeah, definitely. I like Dickinson quite a bit. You know, he's a very good underrated passer, but if you kind of game plan towards him on the defensive end, he's not a shooter. So he's more of an old school big man where he can kind of game plan 
to where you can try to stop him down low. And if you have a big enough guy like Kofi, you can try to stop him. But, you, you know, you are right. He can take over the game. I just don't think he can do it in the same aspect that, like, a Luka Garza or Kofi can. Yeah, certainly not like Luka Garza. Uh, meanwhile, moving to the Pac-12, uh, Oregon takes down UCLA. They move into uh, first place in the Pac-12 standings at the moment. Uh, I think it, they'll win the league title if they beat Oregon State. Uh, yeah, they. so they're sitting first place 13-4 overall. Uh, now, we could have a situation where you know USC plays more games and... So if USC beats UCLA, they will end the season 15-5. And if Oregon beats Oregon State 14-4 for them, I think USC deserves a share of the Pac-12 regular season time. That's my take here. Yeah, you know, USC has been really good the entire season. Obviously, that Utah loss was just super weird, but yeah. I mean, USC is a great team. You look at what Taj Edey is able to do. I mean, what an ad he was. He got better going to a bigger conference. He started at Santa Clara. He started uh, at Southeast Missouri, SEMO, and then he went to Santa Clara for a couple seasons, and then he went to USC, and he's just been nothing short of fantastic. Obviously, Evan Mobley has been as advertised. I mean, it's hard for him to be better than he has been. And, you know, I feel like he's been underrated a bit. He's been really good. I don't think he's a conference player of the year. I think Chris Duarte should win that. But, you know, I feel like the Pac-12 has a few teams that can win a game or two in the tournament, USC being one, Oregon being another. And then you look at UCLA and Colorado, probably the four teams that get in, I think they can all win a game. Yeah. I think when I'm doing the seeding, I'm looking at the seeding for the Pac-12, and – you, know, you look, USC, 6 seed, Colorado, 7 seed, Oregon, 8 seed, UCLA, 9 seed. Like, they're all, like, in that range where, like, you know, they could potentially make a run and get to, like, a Sweet 16, Elite 8. Uh, they could also, you know, get bounced in the first round uh, with any of the four teams just based on where they're seeded. Uh, but, you know, I, I think those four teams are really solid. Uh, and, you know, they get the right matchups. They could certainly make a deep run. Uh, you know, in terms of this game individually, Chris Duarte just really took over uh, down the stretch. And for Oregon, I currently have them as a projected eight seed. Uh, I would, you know, recommend winning the Pac-12 title, get, you know, probably to the seven or six line because, you know, last thing you want to do this year uh, especially with hey, the one seeds. Exactly. Being, you don't want to play the one seeds. Uh, you'd rather play like an Ohio State or uh, Iowa, you know, even, you know, maybe even Houston or West Virginia. Like, I think the drop-off from Illinois as the fourth overall one seed to uh, Ohio State, the fifth overall seed, I think it's a dramatic drop-off. So if I'm any team, I want to be – you know, at least a seven seed or at least a 10 seed. Don't want to be in the eight. Yeah, yeah definitely. I agree. I don't really see uh, any one seed losing before, like, you know, the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight. I mean, the one seeds are, like, historically good, I feel like. 
Yeah. Like, I, I feel Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan are obviously, like, they're cut above the rest. And then, like, Illinois is, you know, just, they're so good as well. So, like, the drop-off from those four to, you know, Ohio State at five is ginormous, I feel. And, look, Ohio State still could get a one seed. Theoretically, they beat Illinois. Uh, we'll touch on this later. But they beat Illinois. They could, you know, jump up to the one line uh, with a good showing in the Big Ten tournament. But, uh, yeah, it's – I would say those four teams are a cut above the rest. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. All right. Moving on here, Oklahoma State takes down Oklahoma. Now, Kate Cunningham had significantly less points in this one than he had in the first Oklahoma performance. Uh, kind of working backwards. He had 15 points here. Uh, Caleb Boone was really big inside, and I thought Cade did a really good job because Oklahoma was essentially doubling him on every possession. He was, you know, had the wherewithal to say, all right, you're going to double me on every possession. We're going to play four on three. And, you know, that worked more times than it didn't. Oklahoma State walks out with the win. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, as we're talking now, uh, we'll get more into Oklahoma later, I guess, uh, following their game against Texas today. But, yeah, definitely, I agree with what you're saying there. I mean, Cade Cunningham, you know, he didn't take over on offense because they were just doubling him. He had, uh, I think, six points in the last minute or so, though. He came up huge there. Bryce Williams really has came around as a knockdown shooter, which has been huge for Oklahoma State. And, you know, this is an Oklahoma State team I've been high on for quite some time. And I have no reason to back down from that now. I mean, you have been high on them, too. We both have. Yeah. I think the the real key has been the you know sophomore breaks outs of Caleb Boone inside, uh, who's, you know, really good interior score. Uh, he's really efficient. And uh, Avery Anderson, who is kind of like the you know, secondary ball handler, uh, obviously with Cade being the main ball handler, who's like a 6'3 guard, can, you know, score inside. He's a decent shooter. I think those two, you know, players to get big step forward, you had in the transfer of Bryce Williams uh, along with Cade Cunningham. And there you go. This, this is a really good Oklahoma State team. Yeah, the thing about Bryce Williams that's crazy to me is that he, like, barely played at Ole Miss last season, and they just, you know, they were fine with letting him leave. They probably ran him out of the program. I mean, maybe, maybe not, but based on how much he played, that wouldn't surprise me. And now he's a really important piece to a really good team. I don't know why he didn't play much at Ole Miss. That is crazy to me. They could sure use him right now. Yeah, most definitely. Um, I'd say he's a little bit better than Luis Rodriguez, no disrespect. Or uh, Jarkel Joyner, who tra- who sat last year but transferred in from Bakersfield. Like Jarkel Joyner shooting like 19% from deep. He's on that Casey Morcell kind of pace right now. Not great. 20%. Yeah. It's gotten up a little bit. Oh, there we go. Well, Bryce Williams. 63. You know, Bryce Williams only shooting 33%. So, you know. Feels like way more. Yeah. I mean, let's say I check three, three, four is better than uh, twenty. Yeah, it's almost double. 
I'm not a math expert, but it tells me that uh, it's much better. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Kermit, you you screwed up here. You're still a good coach, but you messed up. Big time. Right. But, yeah, Oklahoma State is, you know, I think very solid. I have them as a projected four seed in the NCAA tournament, and uh, they look like they have some staying power. Obviously, they lose to Baylor. Uh, they'll probably lose again this weekend when they play uh, at West Virginia, but like those are. Will they though? I think so. I don't know. We'll have to see. We we will. Uh, but yeah, I still think even you do lose those two games, this is still major major success uh, to finish. I think they will finish fourth in the Big Twelve this season. Uh, and you know, this is in terms of the Big Twelve, it's you know one through seven as elite as it gets, and to finish in you know fourth place in this league, it's it's a real showing to how good this team is. Yeah, definitely. I think that the Big Twelve is the best conference in college basketball with the way that the middle of the Big Ten has fallen off, with Minnesota being a disaster. You know, Northwestern, you know, at the bottom of the pack, like expected, but. You know, Maryland, they lost in Northwestern. There's just a lot of questions I have about the middle of the Big Ten. Uh, and I think that the Big 12 is overall better. Yeah, the, the issue the Big 12 really has is that uh, Iowa State is terrible. Well, garbage. Uh, in Kansas State, you know, had they not lost to Fort Hayes State, probably would You'll not be talked about as being terrible, but they did lose to Fort Hayes State, so that's that's a thing. They so. did beat Oklahoma. Yeah. I feel, yeah, if Kansas State just beats Fort Hayes State, we're not really talking about them this year because, like, outside of that, they've lost to Drake, Colorado. Uh, UNLV is questionable, but UNLV is pretty rough. It's not the worst loss in the world. They lost a few other bad ones, I feel like. I think they're Texas A&M's last win. Mm. Yeah, let me see Kansas. Who else has Kansas State lost to? I feel like they've definitely lost another bad game they shouldn't have lost. Uh, They they only beat Omaha, Omaha by two. They beat, you know, Milwaukee. They're not bad. But they only beat them by one. They beat UMKC by four. They've just played a ton of close games, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I feel you know you take those two teams out, all of a sudden the Big Twelve is looking very, very good. But alas, you gotta include all ten teams in the Big Twelve. Yes, indeed, you have to include all of them. All right. Uh. Next one to hit on the Horizon League, which uh, was just awesome. Uh, the quarterfinals took place, um, and it was quite the scene. You had, uh, we mentioned the Cleveland State, Purdue-Fort Wayne, Cleveland State escapes uh, 108-104 in triple overtime. Uh, in overtime, Milwaukee beats Wright State 94-92. to 
Milwaukee was given a 0% chance to win, according to Ken Palm, at one point in the game. Uh, I think, yo, I don't know what Eric Haslam necessarily has his formula, but I would tend to think Wright State probably went analytically final. He doesn't send that out for every game, but I would tend to think that happened. Um, Northern Kentucky beats Detroit 70-69, to a uh, one-point win, and then Oakland uh, in the probably least entertaining game of these four beats Youngstown State by a mere four points. Yeah, I mean, it was crazy Horizon League action. You know, that win by Milwaukee was great, and I like this Milwaukee team quite a bit. DeAndre Golston with 31 points. He's an absolute baller. I've loved watching this season. Uh, you know, Tejon Lucas is a really good player. And next year, I mean, they it looks like they're in a good position to add um, Patrick Baldwin Jr., the son of head coach Patrick Baldwin Sr., five-star recruit, top-five prospect. Seems like he's going to be headed to Milwaukee more than likely. So, you know, I, I'm really enjoying what Milwaukee's doing right now. I think they could end up winning the conference tournament. I wouldn't be surprised. And next year, they need to be on everybody's radar. They're going to be must-watch television. Yeah, especially if they land Patrick Baldwin, which I, that, that, I'm I'm cheering for that because, I mean, that's what we need. We need, you know, the Horizon League needs to have these signature games on ESPN. Uh, and that's what we would get. Yep. But, yeah, the, the Horizon League, just awesome. Uh I would tend to think Cleveland State's probably the team that will win the league title. Um, that's just that's my throw in the dart pick, but you know, I think there's also you know I wouldn't rule it out to say that we might get like a four versus you know, or maybe an eight versus. For Horizon League title game, or I don't know how they're seeding it, but uh, I think Milwaukee's a seven. Uh, we could get like a seven verse uh, three, I think Oakland. So I think that could be a possibility. Wait, so Milwaukee's in eight seed? They're an eight. I thought they were seven. I mean, we could see eight no, versus no, no, four. Wait, hold on, no, I, are you sure Milwaukee's an eight? I just looked up the seeding yeah, for it. Because so they played the two seed. So what I think happened is the, yeah, because Purdue Fort Wayne was the 10 seed. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. So they just, I guess they. Yeah, they like reseeded or whatever. Yeah. I hate that a lot. So confusing. Yep. But. I mean, it's, it's not the worst thing in the world. It's just, it would kind of suck for coaches because you're like, oh, well, I, I have scouted these two teams. We're all prepared. And then it's like, oh, nope, you're playing this other team. Yeah, I mean, scouting these days is tough with COVID and everything, too. Yeah, that is that is a good point. But, yeah, the Horizon League is awesome. Uh, real quick, who's winning this league? Uh, the update, because I think we both had Wright State. Is it Cleveland State? I'm going Cleveland State. 
Yeah, I'm going to go with Cleveland State. I love their defense. Torrey Patton is a really good player. Uh, Trago Million is one of the best defenders at the you know mid-major, low-major level. Demoy Hodge, I think, can really get it going at some point. Alec Oglesby, a sensational shooter from deep. I like this Cleveland State team quite a bit. All right. Going to hit on a bit of news here. Uh, first off, from Creighton. Uh, Creighton has suspended head coach Doug or Greg McDermott. Uh, the, these were in line with some comments he made, I believe, in a post-game uh, locker room talk. Uh, you know, it, it, the, I, you know, personally, I don't know if he was necessarily trying to get the point across in the way he did, but it, it most definitely came across wrong. He went out in front of it and kind of addressed it and apologized for it. But uh, he has been suspended uh, against Butler. Uh, we'll see, you know, what's the future holds for him, but uh he is at least suspended for Butler and some somber note in terms of injury. Colin Gillespie has torn his MCL. He is out for the season for Villanova. Now Villanova did just beat Creighton. Uh, that was the game that Gillespie tore his MCL in. Uh, Villanova is now the Big East regular season champions. Uh, thanks to a decent performance in that game. But in terms of Gillespie, it, it sucks for him to be out. Yeah, definitely. Uh, they're going to have to find someone to pick up that role because he's the conductor of their offense. You're going to have to look for Justin Moore to start playing more at the one spot. And, you know, Brian Antoine, former top 10 recruit, he's been so uh, marred with injuries throughout his career, he's never gotten going. But now is a better time than any to get some good playing time out of Antoine. Yeah, they'll they'll need that. They'll need uh, Justin Moore, I think, to kind of take a step forward. He's going to essentially be the point guard going forward, uh, which uh, he's kind of been playing as the two guard going uh, most of his career. But now, I think defensively. In terms of Villanova, I do think they get a little bit better because, like, Gillespie athletically just sometimes gets overwhelmed. So I do think they they need to, you know, try to go have, like, a defensive mindset, play Brandon Slayer a lot, and just, you know, be tough, physical, and win games ugly because, you know, I think offensively they're a bit limited in what they can do, so... Uh, the better defense they can play, the, I think, better chance they have of making a run. Yeah, definitely. Uh, their defense is going to be key. And, you know, maybe playing through Jeremiah Robinson Earl in the post a little bit more. He's such a fundamentally sound player. I think he can kind of conduct the offense a little bit. Yeah. So play elite, elite defense, uh, play through Jeremiah Robinson Earl. And Villanova can still, I think, make a second weekend. I don't know if they can make a Final Four, but they're probably going out round two like they always do. Uh, no, they, they. I mean, eh, I, I don't think they're going to go out that early. Well, since 2014, they've either gone out round two or won the national championship. That is true. So, they're going out round two. 
Sweet 16. That, w- that would be a shock. Sweet 16. All right. Um, moving forward here, Syracuse is back. Uh, they beat North Carolina earlier in the week. Now they beat Clemson, so two straight wins. Uh, the, the Orange are back on the bubble. Uh, no, no one likes to see it, but you know, in 2020, Syracuse was not on the bubble, and we didn't get an NCAA tournament. So you know, these are the sacrifices we must make. We must have Syracuse on the bubble in order to have an NCAA tournament. Yeah, I mean, Syracuse, they're, they're such a weird team because their offense is pretty solid. I mean, Alan Griffin's having a tremendous season, a transfer I really like coming in, and he's been nothing short of tremendous for uh, Jim Beheim. Buddy Beheim's really stepped it up recently. Joe Girard's still kind of struggling. But Marie Dolajai has been such a good player in his senior year, going from what he was as a freshman which was kind of just, you know, as a, he was just a guy that filled minutes next to Pascal Chuklu. Didn't, you know, provide much. He was super skinny. But now he's been able to become a really good player. He's still super skinny, but he's such a talented guy. He's able to pass for a big man. He can run the point a little bit. He's a great rebounder. He's tough, and he can hit some mid-range shots even. You know, he's a guy that hustles a lot. You want to have him on your team. And with Barama Sidibe, you know, pretty much being out most of the year, and being limited when he's played, having Dolajai take that big step has been huge. But Syracuse, I mean, you know, they're on the bubble every year, and now Jim Beheim's insulting reporters for how tall they are. I mean, it's pretty crazy. As as a well-known member of uh, the the, I don't I don't know what uh, short people have as their allegiance, but whatever we are, uh, I wasn't you know offended by just seeing Jim Beheim's rude. Uh, you you gotta love the cranky old man. Yeah, I mean, I I don't get I don't get the point of that. Like, come on, Jim, be better. All right, so Syracuse's resume uh, includes two losses to Pitt, not ideal. Uh, their six toughest games, according to the net rankings, they've all lost, but they've taken care of the rest of their games. Uh, they are they beat. North Carolina State on the road, which is counting as a quadrant one win. Uh, Clemson, North Carolina, and Virginia Tech all are all counting as quadrant two wins. Uh, you know, as of this moment, I think they're right on the bubble. But you know, as maybe they can get you know Clemson to move up to like thirtieth in that. Maybe they can you know manufacture a, another quadrant one win in the ACC tournament, you never know, but Syracuse, once again, right on the bubble with a week and a half until the NCAA tournament selection show. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if they're able to sneak into the tournament. I think they could win a game if they get in. Obviously, they'd be one of the final four teams in more than likely, but you know, maybe they win the playing game and then they win a round of 64 game. I mean, they did that to, uh, three years ago, I guess, probably at this point. Uh, yeah, they made the NCAA tournament as the last team in. They beat Arizona State. They beat TCU, I think, in the 11-6 game. And then they beat Jaron Jackson Jr., who played like 12 minutes in Michigan State uh, to move to the Sweet 16. Is it beating Jaron Jackson Jr. if you don't play against Jaron Jackson Jr.? Well, he played. Uh, he was on the roster, just Tom Izzo, you know, 
neglected to play him. Yes, because uh, Tom is oh, now Grand Xavier Tillman, very good player uh, as a freshman. Probably shouldn't have been getting those clutch minutes. And uh, Ben, whatever his Ben, ben Carter, Carter, definitely shouldn't have been getting those minutes. So uh, yeah, it it people were calling it dumb at the time, and it was still dumb. So yeah. That's where I stand on that. I agree. All right. Moving on here. Rutgers takes a loss to Nebraska on the road. Uh, now, this is a quadrant two loss because they kind of lost so badly that it moved into quadrant two, which I guess if you're going to take one positive away from that, uh, that is it. So... Good for Nebraska. You're now quadrant two loss at home. Uh, for Rutgers, they I think tournament is still pretty clear. They beat Minnesota. They get to ten and ten in league play. They're gonna be in the NCAA tournament. But will they get to that win total? We'll talk about it later. Indeed. But any takeaways from this game other than Rutgers didn't show up? Um. Not really. I mean, for Rutgers to get destroyed the way they did by a very, very bad Nebraska team, and, you know, Teddy Allen, their leading scorer, left the team, like, the day before the game, and they still won by, like, 35. Like, it's just absurd how badly uh, Rutgers played in that game. It was terrible. There's a difference between getting beat and just not showing up. They didn't show up. Yeah. You got to show up. Uh, Meanwhile, Minnesota... I guess Rutgers is probably catching them at a good time because Minnesota just lost by 19 to Penn State. Uh, They complete the imperfect road season. uh, Go, I don't know how many road games they had, but they did not win a single one of them. No, Uh, they didn't. None. They won zero. 0-10. How do you win zero road games? Like, come on, Richard. Gotta be better. Yeah, I do. Based on some reports out there uh, and kind of the way the team folded down the stretch, I think that he's gone. I think that uh, that game against Rutgers will be his final home game. There we go. Uh, probably not Porter Porter Moser. Uh, I'm thinking based on what I read from what Jeff Borzello said, that you know maybe maybe Nico Medved from Colorado State that would be a very nice hire because if you get him maybe you can get like Isaiah Stevens and David Roddy the Colorado State's best two players to follow him I mean that is adding a lot you know Marcus Carr has played so poorly the last like month and a half he's probably going to come back now you know Minnesota could be pretty good next year yeah I I think you know you don't even need Stevens and Roddy I think Medved will just find the next Isaiah Stevens and David Roddy. So, but Isaiah Stevens and David Roddy are both pretty good. Yeah, but will the next one be good? I don't know. I guess he has to recruit, get a couple of recruiting classes in. NC State beats Notre Dame eighty to sixty-nine. This is an irrelevant game, but UConn. 
they're rolling. They beat Seton Hall 69 to 58. Uh, Seton Hall, Bryce Aiken, you know, said he he ain't ever gonna miss. He missed a free throw, so and they missed the next one. So that was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. So like the funny part is like I ain't ever gonna miss. He says that and he like literally misses it. And he missed the next one as well, so... Can't have it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then, you know, UConn. James Booknight didn't, you know, necessarily have a huge game in this one. Uh, kind of struggled from the floor, but, like, he draws so much attention that, you know, he even him just being out there as, like, a decoy is still better than, you know... Him, him not, not being be, out there. Yeah. Most definitely. So yeah, UConn. Uh, they're yeah, they're going to the NCAA tournament. I think they could have lost this game. They could have lost to Georgetown, but they still would have gone in. But they haven't made yeah. it since they won the championship, right? No, they made it in 2016. Mm. They did. I don't remember this. Did they win a game? Yeah, they won the round. So, remember, so, uh, since I, I forget who hit it, but they hit like a three footer to go up 75 72 in the AAC quarterfinals. It was like the 4 5 game of the AAC quarterfinals. And oh. Jalen Adams hit like the 80 footer. Oh, right. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. And they won the AAC tournament, got to a nine seed, uh, beat Colorado, and lost in the round of 32. Yeah, this is a interesting team looking at it uh, from that season. They had, you know, Jalen Adams, obviously. They had Daniel Hamilton, Stephen Enoch, before he went to Louisville. Pre-Louisville, Stephen Enoch. Bill Nolan. They had a lot of players on that team that were quite interesting. Well, you got you got to have twelve players on the roster. Technically thirteen. Rodney Purvis, he was there too. He got buckets. They they weren't a bad team that year. No, not at all. Not I think it, they were like right on the bubble entering that, and then they Jalen Abs hit the shot, and then. Good luck beating UConn. Yeah, I mean, Jalen Adams was very good for a long time at UConn. It kind of sucks that, like, he's he's not on the team that, like, revitalizes UConn, essentially, mm-hmm. which is this year's team. He was their best player throughout the AAC years for the most part. I mean, I guess they would have had, what, Napier for the first year or whatever. Uh, year two when they won the championship, but the true uh, ACC years, AAC, yeah, AAC. But uh, you know, Jalen Adams, he was really good for a long time for his full, full four years. Altery Gilbert, I mean, he's balling at Wichita State now, so he's still in the AAC. Yeah, that that team could have been really good if Gilbert won, would have stayed healthy, and then uh. But they they weren't able to do so, so that that kind of sucks. But 
we move on. Um, so, ready to make some picks? Let's do it. All right. Looking ahead, we've got Dayton versus VCU in Richmond. I don't know if it will be at VCU or Richmond's it's, court. No, it's Richmond's court because they wouldn't play the VCU at home. All right. So Unfair at home court advantage. At Richmond's court, um, Bones Highland is questionable for this game. I don't so. think he's playing. I think that's smoke screens. He practiced, but he's day to day. Like he's not playing. Don't don't kid us there, Mike Rhodes. Come on. All right. So I I like Dayton. We we called it in the uh, A10 YouTube preview. Um, watch it. Dayton is. They're the pick here. So, yeah, I'm going with Dayton. Yeah, I'm going with the Flyers here. We're taking a flyer on the Flyers. Yeah, I'm going to act like I didn't hear that one. And there's no line out for the game, so... Dayton will probably be a couple-point underdogs just based off the way they got absolutely slaughtered the first time they played VCU and the second time they lost, too. But I think Dayton's going to win. I mean, Jalen Crutcher, E.B. Watson was fantastic today against Rhode Island. Uh, you know, I think that Dayton's a really, really solid basketball team. And it, I truly think that they could win the A-10 conference, and I wouldn't be remotely surprised. Yeah, I, yeah, they, the A-10's wide open, so it lends to a bid sealer. Oh, yeah. Three-bid A-10. Well, it's... It's not going to be your Richmond Spiders. I don't want to talk about it, okay? I'm not over it. I'm just not over it. I see in another lifetime where COVID isn't a thing, that Richmond Spiders team is going to win the championship. And you never know. Maybe they run it back. Everybody can come back. Yeah. They're just like, I mean, Grant Golden is playing with five fingers. I mean, he's playing with one hand. Yeah, it's a he, tough scene. He couldn't dribble the ball with his broken finger, uh, his broken middle finger on his dominant hand. He couldn't dribble the ball. Like, he couldn't shoot the ball. So, clearly, when that happens, there's a problem. All right. Um, next up, Georgia Tech at Wake Forest. We don't care about the spread, but does Georgia Tech win and likely clinch an at-large bid? I think they do. I think GT wins by 20. All right. There there we go. I am going to go with Wake Forest. I just cannot see Josh Pastner making the NCAA tournament. It's too improbable. Yeah. I mean, I, this Wake Forest team is pretty terrible. I know. They're, they're, they are complete garbage, but it's Speaking Josh of Pastner. absolute garbage and terrible... The Portland Pilots are up 21 to 15 with 10 minutes left in the first half. Against who? Santa Clara. Oh, well. First round of the WCC. Well, Todd Golden's win the league. So, there you go. I have. would, oh my God. If Todd Golden does the thing and just gets to the uh, NCAA tournament, I'll cry tears of joy. That's what we're here for. I, I mean, Todd Golden's just the best coach of all time. 
find find me another coach that you know played for uh, St. Mary's that shoots uh, his team shoots the ball over fifty percent of the time from three. I mean, you won't find anybody else. I tell you that. You cannot. Do you see Matthew Dellavedova and Patty Mills out there drawing up plays? I don't. I I do not. So they might be drawing up plays from the NBA. I mean, Mills plays, but Dellavedova sucks. So he could be drawing up plays. I don't even know what team he's on nowadays. Is he on Cleveland still? I think he went back. I don't know. I haven't kept Let's up with the Delhi fam. He, he he's on uh, Cleveland still. All right. Playing 14 minutes a game. Is on the Spurs. So. Yeah, Patty Mills on the Spurs. Delhi's averaging three points a game. So, he's pretty much a coach at this point. I mean, remember when he was finals MVP with LeBron? He didn't actually win finals MVP, did he? No. I didn't think so. They lost the series. But... Oh, right. That's the one Iguodala won MVP. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, tough scene for uh, old Delhi. Hey, I think he no, he he wouldn't have been on the one on the Cavs team that wanted was he? No, I don't he, know. Maybe he has a ring. Maybe he doesn't. Who knows? He was. He was like the sixth man though. Hey, good for him. He has a ring. I'm jealous. Yeah. All right. Saturday's picks: Illinois at Ohio State. Uh, it's the it's the signature game of the day. Uh, the Illini are. Getting a point. Uh, this one's on ESPN, so should be an interesting watch. I'm gonna go with Illinois. Uh, they're playing too well. I don't care if Iota Sumu is playing or not. Uh, and the two teams played earlier in the year. Ohio State did win the game, but I, it was kind of like one of those games they got out to a huge lead, and Illinois just turned it on late and nearly stole a game away when they barely played good basketball for a large portion of the game. So give me Illinois here. Give me the Illini straight up. I want, I'm going Illini to win. The Illini do not lose. They want that one seed. They'll do whatever it takes to secure that one seed and they'll win this one. Right. Uh, throw, throw all the records out. Uh, you know, the, these, this is the uh, biggest rivalry in college basketball on a yearly basis, except for this year, Duke at North Carolina. North Carolina is the home team giving a point, one-point favorites against Duke. They're giving one point? One-point favorites. One. That's it? Yes. Give me the Tar Heels. They're going to sweep them. Yeah, I like the Tar Heels as well. Uh, one point? Jeez. Yeah, I don't, see, I don't think Caleb Love's going to go off for what he did in the last game. But at the same point, just think North Carolina's a little bit better team. Uh, they showed out well against Florida State, and Walker Kessler's you know, playing well now. Now, of course, they did follow that up by losing at Syracuse. But, yeah, if the good, if the good version of North Carolina shows up, I'll take them. So... Give me North Carolina. I agree. All right. That sets us up with Virginia at Louisville. Virginia is favored by three. I'm going to take Virginia because Louisville is absolutely cursed when they play Virginia. So give me Virginia. 
Yeah, and Malik Williams is now out for the year probably after coming back from probably being out for the year. I mean, there's just a lot going on there. Give me uh, yeah, give me Virginia. Yeah. I mean, Virgi- Virginia is just uh, – it's a major thorn in the Louisville side. So, you know, it's just not going to happen for Louisville. I agree. All right. Uh, Pac-12 championship. Probably not on the line, but it could be on the line. USC at UCLA, the line is dead even. Uh, so you're just making a pick here. So I like I like UCLA here. Uh, they should have gotten them last time. They're at home this time. Uh, major, you know, you're playing on John Wood in court. You're not playing in the Galen Center. Give me UCLA to win straight up. Yeah, I think I'm going USC. All right. Give me the Trojans. Differing picks on the game of the day in the Pac-12? Use protection. Let's go. All right. Rutgers at Minnesota. Rutgers is favored by four points. Uh, Rutgers, I don't know if you can trust them, but you certainly can't trust Minnesota, so give me Rutgers. Yeah, I'm with, uh, you know, Minnesota's terrible, Ron Harper Jr. I'd like to see him start getting buckets again. Geo Baker, I think, could have a big game. But it's more of me not trusting Minnesota. So, yeah. Yeah, that's that's essentially it. You, you can't be on Minnesota here. All right, next game, Oklahoma State at West Virginia. Uh, West Virginia is favored by eight points. I like Oklahoma State to cover, but West Virginia to win. I agree. Give me the points with the Cowboys, but I think uh, West Virginia wins. Yeah. Eight's just a lot of points. A lot of points. It's like four possessions. Yeah. And then, like, the other thing, too, is, like, West Virginia could be winning by, like, 15, and then, you know, they throw in their scrubs, and then all of a sudden Oklahoma State finishes on 9-0 run to cover the spread. So, Senior day, maybe they have a few senior walk-ons. Yeah. It's it's a smart pick, I think. Yeah, I'm with you. Last one of Saturday, Indiana at Purdue. Uh, Purdue is giving six points. I will take Purdue because, uh, yeah, I've never – I don't think I – I remember the last time Indiana beat Purdue. So give me Purdue. Yep, give me the Boilermakers. Uh, Indiana is a disaster. All right. Sunday's game, uh, Texas Tech at Baylor. Baylor is favored by 10. I like Baylor here. Uh, I think they're starting to really play well. Uh, they got a good win against Oklahoma State, and I think Oklahoma State's better than Texas Tech. Uh, and they've beat Texas Tech twice. So give me uh, Baylor to cover. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm going Baylor to cover. They looked really good today for most of the game. I mean, Oklahoma State made a little run there to cut it to four two different times, and Jared Butler had a massive three from the corner to essentially just put the game on ice. I mean, I think Baylor's going to win this one and cover. All right. Your Memphis Tigers at Houston. Houston is favored by 10 points. I assume you're going to go with Memphis to at least cover the spread. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. How about outright? I'm going with my Memphis Tigers outright. All right. 
Uh, I'm going to go with Houston to win the game outright. And I guess I'll have them cover the spread, because why not? I don't know about that. Why not? Nothing to lose. We haven't kept track all year long, so. That's true. That's true. Next year we'll keep track. Yeah. We'll have to keep track, so. Uh, maybe we'll keep track for the NCAA tournament. That's a good idea. Let's do that. All right. We'll see. These are just exhibition games for the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. For all the marbles in the uh, NCAA tournament. Yeah. I mean, we're we're essentially you know, we're essentially the Patriot League. We're just gonna play each other, and then you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll eventually call it for a title once we uh, get into March. Yeah, I mean that's just absurd. Lafayette played Loyola Maryland like seven times. Hey, you know, it's hard to be a team seven times. It's insane to me they played that much. I mean, I don't think it was seven times, but it was at least like five. They played them entirely too much. Yes. Uh, Wisconsin at Iowa. Iowa is favored by seven. I am going to take Iowa. Uh, yeah, you just you can't be on Wisconsin here. They, they're major frauds. Yeah, I mean, Iowa looks absolutely awful. Did I say Iowa? Wisconsin looks absolutely awful. I mean, Nate Reaper is having a rough season. Micah Potter struggled a bit at times this year. Demetrius Trice has gotten it going recently, but I'm going to go ahead and go with uh, Iowa to win and cover. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, Demetrius Trice is good. We get that. He's very good, but, like, you need multiple players to step up like Micah Potter's been uh underwhelming to say the least Nate Rivers looks lost uh Tyler Wall I don't know what he's even doing on the he court. defends he defends all right well you know you can't he doesn't score so you know the goal, goal of the game is to put the ball in the bucket he doesn't do that mm-hmm. uh Jonathan Davis doesn't gain minutes. He can. He should though. Yes. Uh, Brad Davison draws charges uh, and is the he most. Shoots twenty percent. Yeah, he shoots twenty percent from the inside the arc. Yeah. Uh, Elaine Ford is. He's he plays basketball on Wisconsin. So. Yeah. Wisconsin's a disaster. Give me Iowa. Yeah, 100%. All right. Conference selections. Uh, We're making our pick for each conference. The SOCON, who do you like here? I'm going to win the conference? Yes. VMI. VMI. I like UNC Greensboro. Isaiah Miller, player of the year, gets it done. I am with that, too. I'd be cool with that. All right. The Ohio Valley, uh, I'm still with Belmont. Uh, I think they're the team to be in the league, so uh, especially with Musinski back, 
because with him out, they were not great, but with him back, they are good. Yeah, I was going to say Austin P just because I like Austin P and I think they could, but you know they're in a really tight game against East, Eastern Kentucky right now, and they're EKU is really good. Wendell Green and Kurt Lewis, both great players. Uh, Michael Moreno gets buckets too, but I, I can't really pick a team that is down one right now with a, mi- a minute left to win the conference tournament. So I'm gonna go with Belmont. All right, uh, the Missouri Valley. I like Loyola Chicago. Go Ramblers, I agree. Although we, two bid Valley would uh, prefer to see, uh, actually two bid Valley would like to see Missouri State beat Drake in the semifinals and Loyola in the championship. Yeah, I don't see Drake winning much in this tournament. No Tank Hemphill and no uh, Roman Penn. That just has disaster written all over it. Play with the injury, guys. Come on. Yeah, Roman Penn's on a scooter. I don't think he's going to do much. Just scoot around. Ron Hunter did it. That's true. And, and uh, you know, Ron Hunter, you know, he breaks his, I think, leg or foot, whatever he broke. Yeah. Scoots I around. His, I think he broke his foot. Falls off his stool and is forever remembered as the March hero. Be more yep. like Ron Harper or Ron Hunter. Yep. Ron or Hunter. Ron Harper. Hey, yeah. Either one. All right. The uh, at Lake Sun. Uh, my original pick is out, so give me Liberty, I guess. Yeah, I'm going Liberty. Yeah, and then the final one here, the Patriot League. I'm going with Navy to win the Patriot League. It's my pick. Going uh, Colgate. Uh, you, you you like that toothpaste. I brush my teeth twice a day, so yeah, I do. All right. Yeah, brush your teeth twice a day uh, and watch Colgate basketball. Right, yep, love doing both those things for sure. You know, you know what would be fun is if Colgate's playing a game whenever, maybe in the Patriot League title game, I'll just brush my teeth the entire game. Oh, the entire game. Okay, yeah. Yes. That's happening. And, yeah, it, might have to do that. I'll run out of toothpaste Maybe. very quickly, but you will, yeah. Eventually, I guess my teeth will be good. So I'll you may go. never need to brush them again after that. So yeah, I'll probably I'll probably eat some crappy food very quickly afterwards. So mm-hmm. yeah, but. It's going to be interesting. Uh, conference tournament week, always very fun. And you know, I, I like these first weekend games because, like, one, you still have, like, a lot of the high major conferences finishing up their regular season. So you have a lot of really good games. You get, like, the senior days. 
not as cool as they usually are, but they're still you know, pretty cool uh, to see senior day. And then, like, obviously you have teams booking their you know spot into the NCAA tournament in this week. Uh, yeah, it's, it's one of the more fun weeks, I think, in terms of, you know, college basketball in the sport. So it, it should be fun to watch. Uh, and yeah, we'll be back to discuss this on the podcast. Make sure to subscribe on wherever you listen to podcasts as well as YouTube, because uh, we'll be putting out some content there uh, on the regular with uh, conference preview predictions. So make sure to stay tuned to that. And uh, anything else before we sign off here? Uh, I'll just give a little play by play of Austin P's last possession while we're here. Uh, Carlos Paez pulls up for three and misses. Eastern Kentucky defeats Austin P. The Gov so, season is over. So uh, Belmont's looking like a good pick here. Yeah, Eastern Kentucky could beat them though. That is true. Didn't they beat them without? Yeah. Yep, they did when Musinski was hurt last week. Well, at least Musinski's back. So. Belmont, they have a chance. Indeed. All right, we did the over-under 110. We are uh, going to come out at 110, so... Oh, boy. That's a push. But we're signing off here. Uh, We'll be back next time.